0: Code blue, code blue cesarean to theatre, code blue cesarean to theatre. Oh, hi, what's the problem? I heard there's a code blue here. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, this woman's got a core prolapse and she's got a fetal bradykalia. Um, You need to do an anesthetic now before the baby dies. Just, Just save my baby, just save my baby. Okay, well, I guess we'll do everything we can to just keep the you baby and your baby. Oh, By the way, she has, uh, what's, a, what's that weird My weird muscles condition? are just, I'm not very strong. What's that weird condition you've got? SMA. What's SMA? It's a, a oh, spinal muscle a problem. Just, just get the baby let out. Let me have a look oh. on her notes. Oh, she has uh, spinal muscular atrophy type 3. Okay. okay. Can, you, can you hurry up and uh, give her an anaesthetic? Okay, well,
1: we've got to do this in a safe way. We keep both you and your baby safe.
0: Don't worry about me, just get the baby out.
1: Okay, well I've got to find out a bit about you to find out how you might react to some anesthetics. Have you had any anesthetics before?
0: No, no, I, I haven't needed anything before. Has anyone in your family needed anesthetics? Uh I, I, I don't know, I'm not sure. I'm a bit stressed. Just get the baby out. Didn't you have an uncle who died a few years back? Yeah, but I don't know what happened to him.
1: Okay. I think uh, it was are, the anesthetic, I'm not sure. What are you gonna
0: do? I think, look, we'll
1: we'll take some time and I'll go outside and talk to the obstetrician about it.
0: We don't have time. They told me that the baby's going to die if you don't deliver. We've got to do it safely. Right, I'm going to put you out of the misery, Siv.
1: Yeah, that was brutal. (laughs) Thank you very much.
0: (laughs) Did pretty well.
1: It's realistic though.
0: Uh, Hi everyone. This week we're doing we're doing a a podcast on a interesting topic. Um, I've got a couple of guests with me. So, Siv has joined me again. So he's an education fellow that's um, helping me with uh, some of the podcasts uh, at the moment. And we've got Sarah, who's (laughs) volunteered two minutes ago. One of, one of our junior registrars since she was just sitting around doing nothing important probably probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so studying for exams or maybe looking after a patient. <laughs> nothing in two important This is very educational, so it help her. Yeah. Thanks for helping out, Sarah. No problem. So um Seb, do you wanna tell uh, or do you want um, tell us a little bit about uh, the Uh, what the topic is going to be this week.
1: Yeah, so this week we're going to be talking about rarer diseases. So I'm sure we've all had that situation, you know, when you're on the wards or you're in theatre and you get an emergency and there's a patient who you're told about who don't really know what the condition is that they've got or, you know, what it entails. So we're going to go through two rare diseases in this podcast and then talk about some of the resources that we have, you know, when you are stuck to get some quick information about things to try and deliver a safe anaesthetic.
0: Yeah, so um, uh, and, and pretty much what, I guess one of the other things, we're going to give a plug to a website called Orphan Anesthesia which is um, which we'll talk about in a minute, which is uh, run by the European Society of Anesthesiology um, but you can always just, um, what do you guys do when you come across these things? Well, usually I, what I do is um, I just plug the name of the condition and the word anesthesia into Google <laughs> and see what comes up Yeah, that's
1: <laughs> what I do as well Yeah, and that's, that's usually my <coughs> approach as well
0: yeah. Back in the day when before smartphones, yeah, you know, when when we all um, when I was when I was training, lumber coal for breakfast, and <laughs> 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 there was horse and cart, no, no, <laughs> yeah, no automobile, yeah. There was there was no smartphone. You could do that. We used to have a textbook called Stolting I don't know. does anyone used, still mm. use that for yeah. uh, their exams? Still yep. recommended for the part one exam. Yeah, so it was Stolting which was anaesthesia and rare conditions. But I feel like that. Its days are gone. That's a bit like um, the yellow pages and the white pages. They've been sort of superseded, even though they're still around. Um, no one no one looks up phone numbers in the, the yellow pages anymore. And um, I, f- I think that, you know, when we get a patient with a rare condition that we're not sure what's safe to do during anaesthesia, we don't really go and look for Stolting anymore. No. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so um, let's – why don't we go through uh, – um, what the website is, and mm-hmm. then we can like um, just talk through a couple, you know look through a th- couple of the resources that they have, and if anyone's listening knows of any other good resources for this sort of thing, yeah, um, that'd be useful. I find most most of the time actually when you come across a patient who's got a rare disease and you need to give an anaesthetic to, it's usually in the pre-admission clinic or the holding bay mm. it's yeah. very rarely someone screaming at you you got to hurry up and give the yeah. <laughs> usually they are but flagged aren't they but yeah I mean there's a lot of chance yeah. you might get one show up and usually the patients who have a rare condition are a bit more educated Sarah I'm not sure where you, you drop the ball there <laughs> oh, you, you should, you should <laughs> know more you should know more about your own conflicting health conflicting priority. But <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a rare condition make sure you learn all about your own health condition next time will you <laughs> mm. so um, so actually usually I'm embarrassed and I um, I I know that they're going to know heaps yeah. more than I will, and they'll probably tell me what and usually what they I do. Know. Yeah, it's quite so. Know, it's quite humbling, and so that is yeah. that is good. But it is useful yeah. to be able to um, uh, quickly access something that's a bit useful. Makes you look like you've got half a brain mm. when you when you talk to these patients. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to blatantly read out what uh, Orphan Anesthesia um, yeah it says on its sort of homepage. So it's a. Uh, oh, I think the word orphan was uh, has been used in medicine um, since 1983. It says uh, for, for drugs, you know, everyone's heard of like, orphan drugs and things like that. So, and there's also a website um, set up uh, by a French working group called Net, which is about rare diseases in medicine, but not specifically, just sort of... Um, just in general, so it just it's, it. That's um, a, it's a good resource, but it doesn't really. Obviously, if you're an anesthetist and you want to give an anaesthetic to someone, you want to have some specific anaesthetic mm. questions answered, like what drugs are safe to use. <coughs> um we're going to, you know, is it safe to use? To think, you know, what sort of um, muscle relaxants? Um, is it safe if it's a neurological condition to stick things in their back, um, inject you know, intrathecal or you know, neuraxial drugs? Um, the airway issues, these are all the sorts of things that we think about um, as a respiratory disease and that sort of stuff. And so if you just go to a general site like OrphanNet or or often just look up um, their condition... uh, you, you don't get those specific anesthetic mm. queries. You know, it's, have people done this um, anesthetic technique before, and has it worked? Has it been safe? You know, that sort of thing.
1: Mm. Yeah,
0: I mean, you can always go up to up to date, but I think, like you said, you have to sort of then put together bits of information. Yeah, then you have how. to extrapolate. Yeah. And what you really want to know is, like, exactly. someone out there who has anesthetized these patients before. What have they found? and, exactly. what, they, and what have they done? And mm. um, so, orphan anesthesia was started um, by a scientific working group of pediatric anesthesia. Uh, paediatric anesthetic group of the German Society of Anesthesiology in 2005 so it has been going, this website has been going for about 18 years now and uh, it's pretty it's pretty big and actually all the contributors now it's international so it uses English as its main language but it does have translations into other languages and um, there's been uh, contributors from all around the world even though I had a flick through and there's a few from Australia um, most of the contributors appear to come from Europe, UK USA and um it doesn't have all the rare conditions so i've I've only sort of come across it in the last few years but most of the time it's got got them so if i come across someone uh yeah because most of the pregnant women with rare conditions end up getting referred to the tertiary hospital Mm. which is where we work here at king ewood and they come they sort of trickle through i've only had a couple where i haven't been able to find them on this database so it's pretty good Mm. it's not perfect yeah um yeah, that's pretty much it. And if anyone's out there, so they do, they do say that they they are keen to get. You know, it's only as good as the contribution. So if anyone out there is um, uh, inspired after hearing this to go uh, to read the website, and they've looked after patients with rare conditions, and, and then there isn't a section on that, you, you, uh, encourage you to contribute to it. So, so that's the background to it. It's uh, orphananesthesia.eu, I think, but mm. you'll probably be, easily be able to find if you just type it into a search engine. Have you used it on your phone? Is it quite user friendly? Um, mobile interface? I think so. Yeah, it's yeah. not too bad. Um, sometimes, if you go straight to the, uh, sometimes it takes you straight to like a German version of it. So you have to go back to the sort of homepage and mm-hmm. sort of research. But and the other thing they do have is uh, they have a page where you can print out a patient card. So so say for example you're seeing a um, a patient with a rare condition who's coming for an anaesthetic or you're in the pre admission clinic or. Um, they have a card that you can print out, and it can type in. Uh, you can sort of use that as uh, to type things in, and they can carry that card in their wallet or the purse. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how useful that would be, but um, shall we have a look at uh, a couple of rare conditions and just yeah. see what see what information it has? So should, should we start Do with go? SMA? <laughs> yes. So um, <laughs> SMA is superior mesenteric artery, or yes. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So SMA is uh, spinal muscular atrophy type three. So, if this woman, if you get a phone call about this woman, are you going to stick a just off the top of your head, just going on the name? Do you what do you think about sticking in, the, in the needles in her in her back or giving, oh. su- or giving succinylcholine or her airway? Do you are you worried that any of those things might possibly be an issue? I'd be concerned. I might end up on an M M&M and M meeting if I did those <laughs> things without <laughs> looking it up. Yeah, I get nervous because it's spinal and mu- the word spinal and muscular mean there must yeah. be something going on in the nervous system. And is it what's going on in the spine? Um, and then I was, with with uh, anyone with neuromuscular disorders, I get worried about succinylcholine and mm. neuromuscular blockers and, and and I guess respiratory disease and things. So, so actually, uh, I did. We, we did look this up and it's an inherited neuromuscular disorder in which um, it actually involves the anterior horn cells of the spinal cord I'm actually reading from a case report not from Orphan networks, but that's cheating isn't it it's cheating <laughs> 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 maybe we'll get, I get where it's is good. the these are my notes <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go Orphan I did print it out yes there we go. Um, so sp- so type, and type 3, so type 1 and type 2, I think they don't live very long, so they would be very rare for them mm. to make it uh, mm. to adulthood and they get pregnant. But if you're a paediatric anaesthetist, that might be more relevant. So Sarah's um, type 3 then? She uses type 3. Type yeah. Yeah. Did you pick that up in the middle of the code blue? I did, yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> all the screaming and the beeping, yeah. So um, here we go. I've got to skip past type 0 and type t- type 3. It's actually called... It's called Kugelberg-Wielander disease. That would be even more obscure. Wouldn't mm. it? Um, so they get proximal lum, limb weakness during childhood, legs greater than the arms. They have a, often have a scoliosis, and lumbar lidosis, and sometimes they can uh, lose the ability to walk during during life as the mm. disease progresses. But it says they have a normal lifespan, so that's interesting. Mm. Uh, re- respiratory function is usually normal. Respiratory support is really needed, so that's good. That would be reassuring if I was like... I um, was reading this, and then heart dysfunction is rare. Um, obesity due to physical activity, inactivity is a common problem, but you'd be able to see that without <coughs> looking that up. And um, so, so those are the sort of general things. Weak abdominal muscles sometimes increase the risk for a caesarean section or instrumental delivery. And permanent deterioration of muscle function after delivery have been reported. Okay, so common procedures that people with this type of condition often have um, uh, surgery for scoliosis, surgery on their heels or their um, joint contracture releases and cesarean sections and muscle biopsies. Mm. Um, so all types of anesthesia have been used to SME patients. No technique is absolutely contraindicated. none's perfect. perfect. Yeah. Every method has been used with success and failure. So that's already interesting. So straight away you need to know that that's okay. Mm. And period of risk is considerable. bloody de blah, blah, blah,
1: blah. Um, I guess it just says, like, most things in medicine, you know, if you do what you're used to and you do it well, then you can yeah. usually do it for most. So obviously, things and things. so
0: this is actually quite a lot of information. Like, I think um, we won't go through it all because it would be a, bit, a little bit tedious. But it looks like there's about... Um, 12 pages of information here so, so certainly if you were seeing someone in a high risk clinic or a, a pre-admission clinic or something like that or the antenatal clinic you'd have time to read through this and come up with mm-hmm. a good plan mm-hmm. um, but just briefly reading that the thing about the type, type of anaesthetic as well was reassuring like if you're in a, in a really urgent situation you, you could see that um, it could give you, give you some uh, decent advice and you can make a decision and, and mm-hmm. move on um, so it's, it don't, I don't think um, let's have a look. I don't think there's any. Um, have a look because if it says anything about muscular, neuromuscular blockade. So certainly it would probably be safe to do a spinal where looks. like. Yeah, and, and, have, and if I, if we were in a situation with a cord prolapse, you know that would be the way to go.
1: Yeah, and I think maybe if there's muscle weakness, you could treat it like a mycine gravis, where you don't you don't may not need to paralyze them. I don't know. I'm... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think any doubt, I think um,
0: probably, you know, just avoid sucks uh, and volatiles and anyone if you haven't haven't got time to find out any information, if they have a neuromuscular disorder of some sort. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm trying to flick through all this paperwork to see, (laughs) 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 because i printed this out, I haven't got it on my phone, Mm -hmm. to see, but I think that would be the safest thing to do. Yeah.
1: I think, like, from from our point of view as well, as long as, you know, the, the big three things from anaesthesia tend to be cardiac, respiratory, and airway. And as long as those three things are generally okay, then, yep. you know, you can usually proceed and then, obviously, the muscular
0: function and epi- neuraxial and thing. Yeah, oh, here we go. So anaesthesia drugs, neuromuscular blocking agents, intubation without neuromuscular blockers can be a good alternative if mm-hmm. possible. Uh, succinylcholine. in the literature, it's strongly recommended that you uh, should avoid saxonylchonium. Mm. Uh, in anyone, in anyone with, a neuro, with any neuromuscular disease because of the risk of hypokalemia However, SMA is a neuromuscular disease, um, so this applies. And it says, however, it should be noted there are no reports in literature of hypokalemia after the use of succinylcholine. And then non-depolarizing just says the dose should be titrated carefully, obviously because they may be um, more sensitive, and to use careful neuromuscular monitoring.
1: I think that must be type, there must be hyperkalemia with the succs.
0: Yeah, hyper. Yeah. Hi- yeah, Sorry, I yeah. just I just didn't pronounce it. My English, no good. Well, <laughs> <laughs> one of those Germans who contributed towards mm. it. Yes. No, no, it was hyperkalemia. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. They speak better English than us. That's Australians. Australian, Australia. <laughs> yeah. We slur <just> everything. <laughs> Sarah Poe couldn't even understand us when she came <laughs> from Ireland. <laughs> when, I, when I went to, uh, on, a, on a European holiday to Amsterdam, I was embarrassed because most of the people in um, Amsterdam spoke better English than me. Yeah. yeah. Which is true. Yeah. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so uh
1: why don't we have a look at one more? All right. So I've got one here which I'd never heard of. I think Roger said he'd heard of once. Have you heard of Noonan syndrome, Sarah? Oh I, yeah, I
0: huh? I don't feel that Noonan's that that rare. I, I gave Siv the brief, I said, Go away, find <laughs> find find something that no one would ever have heard of <laughs> i'm pretty yeah. sure my, so most people have done pediatric anesthesia would have heard of noonan syndrome yeah okay yeah well, in fact i had a, i'm pretty sure i saw a patient in the maternal fetal medicine clinic about six months ago an adult who had it
1: turns out noonan is very common apologies everyone
0: <laughs> but <laughs> if you want to look up a really r- common disorder like if someone's got a sniffle or something go to orphan <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> yeah. diagnosed noonan syndrome yeah
1: no but um so i've tell you guys a bit about it so the incidence is about one in a thousand to one in two thousand five hundred so not super rare i'll give you that but uh, rare enough i think yep uh it's so an abnormality in the one of the signaling pathways uh, the ras map uh, signaling pathways and um we're talking before the podcast and as roger correctly pointed out it's got certain craniofacial abnormalities which go with it so uh, they get tend to get high arched eyebrows epicanthic folds uh, depressed nasal roots and so, kind of quite a full upper lip, and a few other things as well. Um, they can get cardiac abnormalities, um, hypertrophic yep. cardiomyopathy, valvular disorders, uh, septal defects, um, and PDAs as all well. Right. Yeah.
0: What What about the section on uh, advice for type of anaesthetic? Is, is that how how useful do you think that is? Yeah, it's let's good. have a look because yeah. that's the sort of money that you can. That any general site with uh, that goes through rare diseases will give you all sort of background. Yeah. To the disease, but else you know, the specific sort of benefit of this website, I think, is the as the directed advice regarding how to how to give an anaesthetic?
1: Yeah, so the specific advice was that you can do both general and regional in this population, depending on their systemic involvement. Yep. So they were saying that um, obviously they've got cardiac manifestations, but they also get kyphoscoliosis and lumbar lordosis, which would obviously make Sarah's neuraxial quite difficult. <laughs>
0: She's got Noonan syndrome and this. <laughs> <don't know>. <laughs> really struck a lot that And one. she doesn't go. And she doesn't not very well educated in <laughs> yeah. health conditions. Uh, she also
1: has coagulopathy which also uh, accompanies noonan syndrome as well so a few things but i guess as long as you can exclude any significant coagulopathy you could do either a general or a regional anesthetic yep um and then particular things with airway is you can have airway difficulties for the reasons i spoke about before they can have micrognathia and the high palate um and obviously the new axial is just making sure that um their
0: clotting profiles
1: is normal, so coags, Yeah, I'm trying to correct that with products
0: as needed. So it sounds like it would be actually quite tricky if you had a Noonan patient because um, the general anaesthetic could be very challenging with the airway sort of things. And, yeah, and the cardiac And neuraxial could be quite challenging mm-hmm. from the um, anatomic and or coagulation problems.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's
0: quite good, uh, to be honest. So it's, you probably wouldn't mm. want that one in the, as a cord prolapse. No, <laughs> you <laughs> wouldn't. No. Just give them a bit of ketamine and a to mask. <laughs> Hope for the best. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, no, probably just do a careful general anaesthetic.
1: Yeah, but I mean, going back <clears throat> to what we talked about before, just do whatever you're familiar with, and you can do safely. Yeah. Yep. You know? And if you, d- and most of us, all of us can do a general anaesthetic safely. So. Yep. You know, if there's no contraindications on the orphan i um, or orphan anaesthesia, rather, just do that.
0: Yeah, Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I think the um, it was a little bit sort of um, uh, what's the word uh, simulated. You know, the, having it happen at all in a, in a code blue. Ninety nine percent of the time, you got more than five, you know five or ten minutes to sort mm. things out. It's pretty rare that you have to decide to do something straight away. And usually, in a, you know super urgent situations like that, you're going to do a general anaesthetic anyway, aren't you? Yeah.
1: I think you've always got a few minutes. Like on the way up to birth suite, you can always quickly call the neurologist. You know, wake them up and ask them. I don't know if you've got yeah. time. but I think I'm I didn't not sure know a
0: neurologist it. would be happy to work at 2am to ask <laughs> well, if, if,
1: if I'm up there. <laughs> up, <laughs> should, I, should I use
0: sucks on this woman who's giving a cool prolapse? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know about this website until, um, until about we drake, a minute before the Until we drank <laughs> Yeah, so basically is that, that is mm. the whole idea behind mm. this, doing this episode, is just to give it a bit of a plug, I think. It might be, I suspect it might be more well-known in Europe than it is uh, mm. perhaps mm. Um, outside of, um but I think even though some of or uh, most of these patients will come through the high risk clinic we still you know at ward round or doing the board round we we'll go oh that patient's got a that mum's mm-hmm. got a weird condition if I have to anesthetize her yep in the middle of the night you know if she hasn't been seen in clinic where do I go to so mm-hmm. yep yeah. uh, so I think just try and raise profile it's good mm. it's a good bit of um and it doesn't have, you know, sometimes some of these conditions are, are, are really obscure. There's, you know, only a few case reports and people just say, well, we did this and it seemed to go okay, but that doesn't, you know, it's what level of evidence is that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's better mm-hmm. than nothing. Yeah. yeah at least yeah. Uh, at least it has everything sort of, you know, um, summarised in, in an easy to read and digest place as long as you do go to the English, not the German version. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you can read and write German <laughs> as well. Sprachens Deutsch. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. Yes. All right, we might wrap it up there with a joke. I really want to work uh, at a mirror store. Why is that? That's a job I could see myself doing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I don't have a joke, but I've, okay. got a real, Thanks, everyone. I've got a real life
1: situation, not a joke.
0: Oh, okay. All okay. Right. Yeah. Well,
1: uh, someone stole my copy of Microsoft Word. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to get it back. You have my word. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. Oh, that's, that,
0: yeah, that's definitely, that qualifies as bad. Okay.
1: I um, had a clock for my dinner yesterday.
0: Was really time-consuming. <laughs> 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 this is this is really going well. <laughs> okay, we better definitely better stop it there. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, it. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please go to the iTunes menu and subscribe to the show if you like it. Write a review. This will also help us uh, get seen by other listeners on the iTunes menu. If you're also interested, please go to our website at www.obsandguinycretcare.org where there will be lots of show notes and links to uh, interesting videos related to the topic that you've just listened to. See you again next time. I'd like to acknowledge the Whadjuk people as the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is produced. We recognize their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place. We pay our respects to elders in past and present and extend that respect to all First Nations people.